0: All right, everybody, welcome to 5-Hole Fantasy Hockey Radio. I'm your host, TJ Branson. Joined with me tonight is Zach Vogel. Hey, hey, hey. So today we're going to dive into our rankings for fantasy goalies and try and give some projections going into this year's upcoming fantasy season. Uh, last year, the top-ranked goalies to finish out the year in Yahoo were Pekka Rinne, Connor Hellebuck, Andre Vasilevsky, Marc-Andre Fleury, and Antti Branta. It was like the second tier then with uh, John Gibson, Sergei Bobrovsky, Jonathan Quick, Carter Hutton, kind of. I mean, he only played 32 games. But then you got uh, Dubnik, Luongo, and Rask filling out the next batch. So as far as last year's average draft position from goalies, the first goalies to go, this is according to fantasypros.com. Holpe went number one. Then you got Price. Then you got Murray. Then you got Bobs and Talbot. Then, you know, it just kind of teeters on like that. So this is just some insight to see where drafts are going to wind up at the end of next year. And where they eventually wind up in the standings. As Yahoo Fantasy Drafts have already opened, we can kind of see what the average draft position looks like already for some of these goalies. Uh, The top ten are Andre Vasilevsky. He's going in the like mid first round to late first round in your twelve teamers. Uh, He's going at like eleven point eight. Next up is Rene at eighteen, Hellebuck at twenty two, Holtby at twenty four, Bobrowski at twenty five. Then you got Rask at 33, Quick at 34, Anderson at 36. That's Frederick Anderson. In case you were Oh, wondering.
1: you're t- you're telling me it's not Craig Anderson going uh,
0: in case you were a little third round. Weren't.
1: Oh, all right, fair enough.
0: And then you got John Gibson going close to 40 and Martin Jones going at 44. A lot of goalies going in the first five rounds right now in Yahoo. That's just kind of what the world is thinking right now where everybody's drafting everybody, so we're going to get into what we think and share our goalie rankings. In the last episode we did together was the defenseman episode. We said we were going to go through every team, uh, talk about their power play, and I I was trying to think of like how we could do that in a reasonable amount of time. I mean, if we even took five minutes on each team, the episode would be over two hours long, and we'd be rushing through it. So what we're going to do is just rank the goalies, and then we'll have a complete separate episode for the power plays. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. Of course, we're going to start at number ten. Who do you got? I
1: have. Marc-Andre Fleury.
0: So do I. Very cool. Yeah, off with it's, that, it's, honestly, actually,
1: right. it's actually really surprising that, uh, that we agree so much. Like, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not used to it. Uh, it's making me very uncomfortable. It's getting me a little itchy, to be yeah. honest with you.
0: I'm getting a little <laughs> nervous going into next year's draft. I'm pretty sure you're going to snake the guy I'm after.
1: When it comes down to it, like you said, I mean, hey, may, maybe you're in a good boat because – one thing I'm pretty decent at is these goalie rankings. Maybe it's good that you're you're coming on board with me. Couldn't be worse. Yeah, the worst getting, getting better. When it comes down to it, who's the best player on Vegas? And no doubt, it's Marc Andre Fleury. The Pens are obviously all in on Matt Murray, which saw their net minor for 13 seasons, which is Fleury get sent off to the Knights. And what a move it was! So like, it, it was a, it was a great move by Vegas. I applaud them for doing it. I didn't see it coming. Did I think that Marc-Andre Fleury was going to be number 10 on my list this year, last year? No. No shot. No. No, I I didn't think so. So it was like, not only did he have a great year and was a huge sleeper pick last year, not only did he probably not get drafted in most leagues, but he was out there on the waiver wire. So if you did draft him, you drafted him late. If you did pick him up, you got him for free. He was a huge pickup last year on top of the fact that he had arguably his best season of his entire career his win percentage was at 63 percent uh which was just behind his career best of 65 percent and that equaled out to a 29 and 13 uh record with four shutouts what we would have liked to have seen obviously is flurry be a lot healthier um he was out for a good bulk of that season
0: yeah man, how many goalies did we see out of the uh Vegas organization like What four, it, it was five? like
1: it yeah it was it was quite a few but I mean the two the two main ones were were Subban and Legacy which really kind of held the ship down luckily for them they had a good team all around so luckily while Flurry was out they were able to keep the ship upright while he was out there though he was definitely golden with a 927 save percentage and a 224 goal against average which was his career best. So while he was right behind his uh, win percentage for career best, he was at his career best with save percentage and goal against average. Vegas themselves had the eighth best penalty kill, and Flurry had an 8.98 save percentage while on that penalty kill, which is right around league, uh, league average. And I'll tell you what, he even got a little bit of a Vesna nod last year. Obviously, he didn't win it his name was thrown out there, which really says a lot. Had he been healthier and played more, I feel like he would have gotten a much more serious consideration for that Vesna, but it just didn't work out that way. And I mean, I think uh, the person that did get the Vesna, which we'll be talking about was the deserved winner.
0: Yeah. I think the reason I didn't have him higher too is because his ability to remain healthy, just it's not there. Like I said, we saw like four or five, Vegas Collies last year. Oscar Donsk was one of them. Uh, Subban and Legacy, like you said. I think there might have been one more, but I, I just can't remember right now. So that just kind of like inflates how crazy awesome their season as a team was. I mean, they made the fucking Stanley Cup final on the back of so many backup goaltenders. When we get back to Flurry, maybe the year was a fluke, but maybe it was a team so up in the air that nobody had a clue how to play them. Maybe everybody played out of their minds. I think if Flurry's healthy next year, I can see him making a, probably around fifty to fifty-five starts, somewhere in the area of thirty-five wins and a save percentage somewhere around nine twenty. I, I fucking hate trying to project goalies, man. We we know who Flurry is now, so that's one reason we can do this. At least for the Knights too, like we know he's been a stud his whole career. He when when he was out there, I mean, even the backup goalies, they carried the Knights. Like nobody saw them making the fucking Stanley Cup playoffs or the Stanley Cup final, even.
1: But so, it done happen.
0: It happened, man. So that you got to give Flurry some credit. You got to give him at 33 years old, you got to give him consideration in your top 10, without a doubt.
1: And I'll tell you what. He he's no worth he's on. worth picking up. Now I'm not saying you're picking him up in the first even 7 or 8 rounds, but I mean once you're getting down to like round 9 or 10, if you pick up a Mark a Andre Flurry, I'm not totally against it.
0: Well, he is going um, in the fourth round right now, but I think with Yahoo, the data I pulled from, they have like—I mean, you know, Yahoo—and just their kind of um,
1: in a category league. I'll—I'll I'll tell you what, it's different. Yeah. I, I'm more—I—I yeah. I was, I was more talking about a points league. In a category league, yes, you're definitely taking him higher because chances are your categories are goalie oriented, whether it's saves, wins percentage everything like that shutouts uh he's definitely good for a shutout every now and then like it is going to happen and he is going to make crazy saves in a category league totally different
0: yeah you're you're gonna draft
1: him you're gonna draft him yeah much more like four or five
0: but i guess in the points only leagues you can i mean we even start thinking about top tier goalies like round three round four
1: yeah, and he's not in my top tier. He, he, For me, at least, he's in that second echelon, which I'm not thinking about until after round eight. And that's just me personally. It might be different for you because I don't know what kind of league you guys are in. You know what I mean? So it really all depends on who your commissioner is and what your league values as far as Story, categories, that. scoring, points, everything like that. Yeah. So it's really all skewed. So take right. everything we say with a grain of salt,
0: <laughs> or a shot of penicillin. Uh, number nine, I That's got just uh, me. <laughs> number nine, I got Jonathan Quick. Um, I'm pretty sure he made your honorable mention, so we already. Yeah, I, I
1: had him in. I had him in the honorable mentions. I had him right outside the top ten. It's not like I, I was really far off from you. I had him at number eleven. But go ahead, take quickie.
0: So last year he played 64 games. He went 33-28 and three with five shutouts, a 9.21, and a 2.4 goals allowed. Quick has a career save percentage of 9.16. When he plays like he did this year, his stock definitely goes up in my book. With as iffy as I am about the Kings going into next year, I still have faith in Jonathan Quick. It could be a good thing that you have Ilya Kovalchuk there, you know, to like spur the offense a little bit, and uh, the decor still intact. And Quick, if anything, could be seeing some assistance from the offense. I mean, you got extra scorers and Kovalchuk and um, a healthy Jeff Carter and stuff like that. You could, I mean, still put up the same amount of goals allowed and just win more games based on the fact that your offense is scoring more goals. Peter Budai returns as the backup, and Jeff Campbell's still there, you know, if need be. I think Quick's workload of 64 games played is about what we're going to expect going into next year. Barring any injury, we know he bucks his growing up every once in a while. Um, 60 to 65 games is pretty reasonable. The Kings let up the least amount of goals last year and quick played over 75% of their games. They're still a good team. Well-rounded defense led by drew Dowdy quick to me is one of the most undervalued fantasy net miners out there. His numbers are always solid. He seems to be considered average in terms of where he's drafted. So if you can get him later based on that fact, then by all means do so. And he is someone I'm targeting, especially, in the sense of a value pick in yahoo leagues he was drafted at almost 36th overall so like a late third round pick but as many know the adp in yahoo and other formats are super different so on average last year he was drafted around 57 so you do see an uptick in his adp this year keep an eye out for him depending on how your leagues value goalies and uh when you start to see some of the big big names come off the board then keep Jonathan quick right up your sleeve because he could be somebody worth some value there.
1: One thing that you will have to watch out for is the whole fact that quick is one of the few players I would say in the NHL that everybody knows. If I say to my wife, Jonathan quick, she knows who Jonathan quick is and Karina don't know shit about hockey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, You got those household
0: names. Yeah. If you
1: say some, if you say the name, Jonathan quick to a football fan, they're going to know who Jonathan Quick is. Now, they're not going to know his stats from last year. They're not going to know how long he's played and his career save percentage. of. But, like, people know who he is. So, I mean, some people I feel like are going to stretch for Jonathan Quick and maybe take him earlier than uh, than he's projected to go. But one thing I will say is the Kings kill it on the penalty kill. Do they? I, I yeah. I, I know I, I talk about Drew Dowdy and, and all that jazz and <laughs> and I don't have Jonathan Quick in my top ten. I have him at number eleven. But the Kings have the number one penalty kill, dude, at eighty five percent.
0: Do you need me to get you a spitter for all that blood in your mouth?
1: No, it's and just a, um really if anything, I just need like a pepper grinder to go with all the salt. <laughs> uh, and I mean I know so what I'm I'm just pretty much saying that I got to give credit where credit is due. Right. Right. You, right. you know what I mean? I yeah. can't just ignore the fact that the Kings have the best penalty kill. You know what I mean? So it and is won, what it is.
0: They won whatever award it is for, I think fuck whatever award that is, you know what I mean? The one for like least goals against as a team. Mm-hmm. What do they call that?
1: Oh, I forget what that, uh, what fuck that it. is called,
0: but the, he got that award. So anyway, who do you got at number nine?
1: At number nine, I have Devin Dubnik.
0: Boom, boom, Dubnik, Scooby Dubnik,
1: Scooby Dubnik. That you—that that's right. You did. Uh, you did have that name last year.
0: He was doing pretty good too.
1: I don't know about you guys out there in podcast land, but like we like to change our names like every single week. Yeah. So, like every single week, we will have a new name. We don't stick with one name every year. Like it will constantly change. And we try to go with uh, a player name, but being as clever and dirty as possible. <laughs> so, like Scooby Dubnik is actually one of the much more uh, PG ones. Oh yeah, we've had uh, what,
0: like going in dry sidle. Um, yeah, that's just the one I going can in dry Give me some head man was one of yours.
1: I'm gonna start off by saying that doobie is one of my favorite things. A BFG. <laughs> he really is. He is a oh, BFG, funny. dude. He's 6'6, 218 pounds. But one little fact that I actually told you this uh last time that we talked.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna bring this up. I was like, I no goal because you were Chuck.
1: No goalie over six four has ever won the cup. It's uh it's it's crazy to me. So I mean, you would honestly you would think that I would want this. Big fucking dude that's like 6'6", just taking up the net. Like, literally, when Dubnik is on his knees, his head is at the crossbar. Like, it's crazy. All
0: you got to do is inhale, and your fucking chest cavity just takes up the entire cage.
1: But, yeah, so, I mean, at the very least, it's something to think about. So, I mean, there are those guys like Ben Bishop, who's fucking huge. Devin Dubnik, who's fucking huge. Sergei Bobrovsky, who is like a lot bigger than you rightfully would expect him to be. You know what I mean? You look at his picture and he looks like a child.
0: Yeah, he looks lanky.
1: <laughs> but he but he's tall as shit. So yeah, it's just it's just something to think about. As far as Dubnik goes, his 918 save percentage and 252 goal against average, while not flashy, are better than his career averages, along with the fact that he's often pretty much always in the Vesna consideration almost every single year. He never seems to win it, but he always seems to be in a conversation. Oddly enough, though, he's never even seen over 1,900 shots, which I think is kind of crazy for a goalie. I don't know if you agree, but he's never actually seen over 1,900 shots in the season. uh, And last season was no different at only 1,769, where he only stopped 1,624 of them. As for his win-loss goes, 35 wins 16 losses pretty decent I'm fine with that like he was out there for 59 games he's on a really good team a a very defensively sound team with some really good offensive players now we've talked about before how there's not going to be any 80 point players on the wild but if everybody's chipping in I don't care Devin Noobnik is going to be a solid player to pick up Now, he's not going to be, once again, in that first tier of goalies, but he is going to be in that second tier of goalies. Another thing, he's always healthy. Not always, but, like, for the most part, he's out there for a lot of games. Two years ago, he played 63 games. Three years ago, 66 games. He's out there for a good amount of games. So, I mean, you can pretty much expect him to be plus minus around 60 games per year. I love that because I yeah. want my goalies out there playing. If you're going to be on my team, I want you to be on the fucking ice.
0: Yeah. If you're drafted in the top 10, you got to like you gotta be a, pretty much a workhorse at that.
1: Where did you have Dubnik? I forget I, what you said before.
0: I had Dubnik at 11.
1: We actually flip-flopped our 9s and 11s. Yeah. You had quick, quick at 9. Yeah. I had him at 11. I had Dubnik at 9. You had him at 11. I honestly would have been fine with having Quick at number 9, but it just not really how it rolled just because I'm a, I'm an asshole and people love to tell me about it just because uh, I'm not big on the Kings. Okay, number eight, go ahead, take it away. You said we agree on this one, Johnny Gibbs?
0: Johnny Gibson, yeah, okay, so we definitely do agree. Um, last year's stats, he played 60 games. He had a 31-18-7 <clears throat> and seven record with four shutouts, a 926 save percentage, and a 2.43 goals allowed. Um, continuing on the theme of undervalued going back to Jonathan Quick, Gibson put up some really spectacular.
1: (laughs) spectaculars.
0: Spectacular spatulas. Ah. Um, Gibson put up some really spectacular numbers. He got paid for it. So uh, he's just entering his prime years. Uh, He has been a 920-plus goalie for three years running. Actually put up a career-high save percentage this year in his most games played in a single season so far. With 60 games this year, a stud like Ryan Miller backing you up, It's fair to assume he might see a bit more more games played, maybe like 60, 65. That's where I'm going to put him next year. Um, you got guys like Kessler, who's even questionable for this season. Corey Perry, who is apparently falling off a cliff in rapid decline. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, fuck, that sucks. And you got Ryan Getzlav, who's like 45 years old or something. Gibson's another guy I I consider in that tier, too. Uh, Closer to the front end of it, actually. Um, He's one of the more viable goalies to have as your number one on your – fantasy team i think gibson's probably going to finish the year higher than number eight when i redo my list at the end of the year but for right now i'm going to play it a little conservative and slap him right down at number eight do
1: you know one thing i love about looking at john gibson's stats you said he had his picture a nine a 926 save percentage right which was if you take out his his very first year where he was three and oh because he only played three games, in the end of nine fifty four. I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna take that away. So he had yeah. pretty much his career best at nine twenty six. You know, he also saw over four hundred more shots in a season than he ever had before.
0: Some goalies just play better when they see more pucks, when they see more games and stuff like that. I, th-
1: I think oh, that yeah. that is a huge stat. That like, I don't know, it really means something to me. Now, don't get me wrong, he did play more games than he ever has before, but it also tells me that Anaheim is really starting to trust him. On top of the fact that Anaheim's penalty kill, you know how I feel about penalty kills when it comes to goalies. It's a big deal for me. If you can kill penalties and you're not getting put into penalty kill situations, I'm a fan. I don't want a team full of bruisers where you're going to put my goalie that I drafted into compromising situations where they have to stop a ton of fucking pucks. The Ducks were six. They had the sixth best PK last year at 82.3%. It's not too shabby. They're not like the Flyers, you know what I mean, who are who are 135 out of, like, 32. Were,
0: were they dead last or something?
1: No, but they're fucking close to it, my man.
0: So yeah. – if I'm reading this correctly, John Gibson had a nine seventeen shorthanded save percentage.
1: Yeah, which is super fucking awesome. So, real quick, so what we're talking about here, folks, as far as goalies go, I'm personally a big fan of even strength versus shorthanded. I don't really care about them on the power play too much. I mean, they should not be giving up a lot of goals on the power yeah, it, play, but it should be a thousand. I mean. Oh it's it's some goalies are gonna let in a shorthanded like when they are on the power play sometimes but yeah
0: Gibson let in three three
1: of them he let in fucking three of them last year he had a, a 939 save percentage while his team was on the power play but yeah I love fucking love that 917 save percentage shorthanded that is fucking huge dude that is really huge.
0: The last thing you want when you see like your team go or any of your players go on the power play is fucking goal against, especially if you're in plus minus leagues, especially if it's against your goalie. Like, I guess plus minus wouldn't account for the power play. My bad.
1: But yeah, so I mean, I'll give you that about what you said. I actually kind of agree uh, with where you went earlier as maybe at the end of the year, John Gibson might be higher on my list than number eight, but that's where we have him right now. Any ducks fans out there? Tell us why. All right. So well, I think at least the ducks fans I know—they're very <coughs> vocal.
0: All the fans are vocal, man.
1: Andrew Dowdy fans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, for our number seven and number six, we are flip flopped. So, I, let's say you take your number six. I'll take
1: my number six. Oh, so you have Pekarene at number six? I do. Fair enough. Do you want to? Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first?
0: Sure. Uh Pecorino, 35 years old. Let's just start off there. Um, Last year's stats, 59 games played, 42, 13, and 4. He won, oh, look at that. There's a typo. He won the trophy. Vagina Ooh, the, Trophy.
1: Ooh, the Vagina Trophy.
0: Yeah, he won the Vagina. He had I eight shutouts, he, which was league-leading. I league
1: think leader. Kane won that last year.
0: Oh, man, he just took it. <laughs>
1: <get> it. <laughs> All All right, we're going to so, have to edit that out.
0: Maybe not. Uh, Rene moves down the list in comparison to where he is drafted, in my opinion. Like we were talking before, he is the second goalie to go off the board. And here's why. It is because Saros, and I know you're going to agree with we we talked about this before. Saros is looking more and more like the guy. It's not going to be this year, but I think Nashville is going to start giving Saros more starts, especially later in the season when Rene seems to hit a wall. Uh, he always does in the playoffs. We've seen it. Two years running now. His postseason stats are just not good. His regular season stats are fucking godlike. And that's what we want in our fantasy goalies. But you got to admit that postseason performance will affect how many games he gets. And it affects your fantasy season in that way. Is maybe Nashville, they see Soros. Okay. Well, fucking Rene, he can't get it done in the postseason. So we got to get Soros some more reps. We got to get him adjusted to this kind of lifestyle because he is going to be your starter at one point. Rene not being the guy that Nashville can lean on in the postseason, and Saros is like seemingly untested. He did see a few games last year. So for those reasons, I have Renee further down my list than you would expect. He's still a stud. He's likely going to see closer to 55 starts than 60 this year, easing Saros into that spot. And because of that, Renee is my number six goalie. He can still be a number <clears throat> one goalie for your team. Don't get me wrong. I just think that the workload is going to weigh on him going into his age 36 year and that Nashville as a whole, having the mindset that Soros is going to be the guy eventually, it's going to be in the back of his head. And like for goalies, goalies are so fickle like that. If you get into their head, they suffer. And maybe that being in the back of his head could fucking ruin his season. I don't I don't know what to expect at Arena this year. I'm not willing to pay the first or second round price for a guy that I'm not 100% sold on. So I have him ranked at uh, number six, and I'd be willing to take a chance on him like round five or six. No higher, no higher.
1: I agree with everything you said. You had him at number six. I had him at number seven. One thing I do know is that the Predators are going to be fucking good. Yeah. One thing I do know is the Predators have the number one fucking defense in the whole league. Another thing that I do know is that I know what happens when Pekka Renee struggles, the team, the city, the front office, Everybody is ready to kick him out the fucking door, which I almost feel bad for Pekka Rene, for okay. that whole thing. He's a great goalie. He really is. He is a great goalie, but they are so ready to move on to Uzi Saros. Their front office fucking loves Saros. And it just seems like, hell, two years ago, they were thinking about just shipping Rene out and having Saros play the entire playoffs. Didn't work out that way. No. But they were seriously contemplating it. On top of the fact that if you look at Soros's numbers, while there may not be as large of a um, a pie to look at, he doesn't have the same amount of games played and stuff like that. But he has very comparable numbers. If Soros is the future, I mean, you got to ask yourself how much Rene is left in Nashville. Maybe a year. I mean, he is certainly draftable, like you said, in the um, in the fifth or sixth round. Maybe in the fourth if, if you want to stretch and he is capable of being your number one goalie a hundred percent. What happens if he struggles? What happens if they just decided if they just decide to move on? It's very feasible. Don't act like it's not, people. I
0: mean, this is his last year of his contract, so that's definitely worth mentioning is I mean, Soros could very well see a good amount more games because maybe they don't re sign him, maybe they try and trade him. You know,
1: exactly. If if they're not sold on Renee, and they trade him, dude, you could you could draft a an awesome goalie that plays with the best defense in the league, and you might end up with an awesome goalie that plays on a shit ass defense for another team.
0: Fucking just, Islanders.
1: Just keep it in mind. That's all I'm saying. Just keep it in mind. That's why I have the reigning fucking Vezina Trophy winner at number seven.
0: Rene, he's going to play for the Carolina Hurricanes at the end of next year.
1: Uh, if he would play for the Carolina Hurricanes, then the Hurricanes would take a huge fucking step forward. Yeah. I they mean, would take a huge fucking step forward. I, and, in all honesty, they, they would be like, they would not like they'd be a contender to win the cup, but they would, I would owe you whatever in the world we bet because chances are they would make the fucking playoffs. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's not hard to step forward from Scott Darling and Peter Mrozik, so
1: We'll move on here. You just went over your number six. I'll go over my number six, like you just said, Tuka Rask. I mean, shit, while we're talking about Vesna Trophy winners, let's just go ahead and talk about Tuka Rask. Previous Vezina Trophy winner, um, his name is also often thrown around like pretty much all of these goalies that we're going to be talking about today. They're always in the Vesna Trophy talk. While his Vesna win was five years ago, Rask is on one of the teams with the best PKs, a great defense in general, and has what at least you and I agree is the best first line in hockey.
0: Yeah, that's a real potent offense there.
1: With an admirable nine seventeen save percentage and a two thirty six goal against average, he certainly has room for improvement. Don't get me wrong. And where I'd like to see that improvement is number one, shutouts, which He only had three last year. Now, he's coming off a season where the season before that, he had eight fucking shutouts. Oh, man. Oh, man. I I would love my goalie to have eight shutouts. Those points are awesome. Those categories are awesome. Getting eight shutouts, it's fucking sweet. Another place where I would really like to see his improvement is his RBS, his really bad starts, which he... Ten, well, I mean, let's be honest. He tends, I love that stat. Oh, it's...
0: Really bad start.
1: Yeah, well, he has quite a few really bad starts. It's not one of his best qualities. It's it's really just not. Going along with that, though, their backup up in Boston now is Halak. Now, Halak spent... a. Now, you... Okay, you make that sound. Yeah. But,
0: I mean, if the Islanders are going to walk away from you, that raises a couple of red flags to me.
1: But I don't want... I don't want Halak as my starting goalie.
0: No, no. All right, I but can see but is but is, it, is yeah. he
1: is he a a good backup? Fuck yeah! Is he better than Mike Condon? Yeah. Is he better than Al Montoya? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh I'm man! I'm just we're just think of any random backup goalie. Chances are Yaroslav Halak is probably gonna be better than most of them.
0: Harry Sateri.
1: I'll take Yaroslav Halak.
0: Yeah. Wasn't that the guy that like anytime he was playing, we would just line up against him. Yeah. I think that was yeah, that was it.
1: I want anybody who's playing on the team against him. So my whole thing with the whole talking about Halak is with Razk having these really bad starts, they may be more willing to kind of move to a Halak quicker. So kind of watch out for that. Hopefully that doesn't happen, because honestly, I I don't like the Bruins, but I do like Tuka Rask. I think he's a really good goalie, and I mean, he's certainly helped me out in the past.
0: So Rask always seems to have like a really slow start, and then he turns it on later during the second half. He's got three straight years of a sub-920 and a career average of 922, so there's always the chance of him you know, quote unquote bouncing back. Say that in quotes, because he's still got a really good save percentage. Um, what I mean to say is that he can bounce back to his career standard with huge upside in the upper nine twenties and even touching nine thirty and thirteen fourteen. He's shown he's beyond elite. Boston is huge and they're making a heavy push these last couple of years. I think it's safe to say that he and every Bruin are going to be playing fucking lights out this year. Rask is a good guy. I would say he is without a doubt He's definitely a good guy to have as your number one going into the year. And there's room for you to get him. Yahoo leagues are drafting him in the third round, uh, but your points leagues, you can aim for him a couple rounds later. As you see, like those top guys go off. You can, it always happens like the fucking levy breaks and all those second tier goalies just start going and going and going. There's a whole round of it.
1: And another thing I'll kind of throw out there with Rask is look for him to be much better on number one, his own power play And number two, shorthanded. They already had the fourth best power play last year at 83.2%, which is super solid. His actual best save percentage is 924 on the even strength. Now, wait for this one though. While he was on the power play, his save percentage was 865.
0: (sighs) Yeah, that's way down from his career average.
1: That is hard to believe. Expect that to be a fluke. I'll say that. Just just go ahead. Expect that to be a fluke.
0: Seven shorthanded.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you right now, that is not going to happen again. He is not going to let up seven goals while his team is on the power play. His shorthanded numbers are a little more normal. Uh, his career average while his team is shorthanded is 877. Uh, and he actually did better than that this year. He was at an 894, which is much more closer to league average than a player like John Gibson, who we were talking about earlier. So there are pluses and minuses to Tuka Rask, but the fact that he's on the Bruins, and I've said this many times, and I'll say it again, I draft goalies just as much for the goalie that they are as I do for the team in front of them. And he has Patrice Bergeron and Pasta in front of him and fucking Brad Marchand and Tory Krug. and you I mean, you can just keep on going on and on. Studs, dude. So he has all these players this. in front of him.
0: What? I didn't even think about this till now, but John Gibson had a better save percentage shorthanded than most goalies had overall.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fucking better than I'll, Matt
0: Murray, better than I'll goddamn also, Carey Price.
1: So kind of like we just said, don't expect Tuca Rask to have that bad of a save percentage while his team was on the power play. I don't really know if you should be totally expecting John Gibson to continue to have a, what was it, a 917?
0: I think it was on- a 917 PK save percentage.
1: Yeah. Don't, uh, maybe don't expect that again yeah. this year um, because that is out of this fucking world. Whoa. That's crazy.
0: All right. I think we're going to go back into, uh... no, we're not going to agree. So uh, my number five, you have at number three, and my number three, you have at number five. So so we're flip-flopping.
1: See, this, yeah, is, this is such a weird fucking episode, TJ. I so don't like this. We're agreeing too much, and when we don't agree, we're just like flip-flopped.
0: Yeah, it's like tit for tat here. Are you trying so to say
1: our number four is the same? I think so. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> what the fuck?
0: So let's let's talk about the guy we're more excited about. Um, You go ahead and take Brayden Holpe. I will take the guy I have at number three, which we won't reveal just yet there's a little
1: suspense there's a little suspense a little i mean suspense. we're we're it's, it's we're in the we're in the top 5 <laughs> we're we're in the top 5 if you guys don't know the top 5 goalies then you haven't been paying attention because i i mean personally i think the top 5 goalies are pretty set in stone okay so like we were saying i think it's weird that we're going we're jumping to number three. I have We haven't done our number four. But okay, fair enough.
0: Do you wanna, yeah, you want to throw? Let's throw number four in there real quick. No,
1: screw it. No, screw it. Right. We're gonna. We already. We already started. We've gone too far. I've already said Brandon Holtby's name once, so now we must talk about him. Now we talked about Holtby multiple times in other episodes, as him having a less than average year, which is completely true. Posting a nine oh seven save percentage where his career average is a nine nineteen and a two nine nine goal against av- uh goals against average where his career is at a two four one. It's easy to say he had a down year. I mean it's, the there's year there is no if, ands, or buts about it. Oddly enough, they just happened to win the fucking cup this year, <laughs> which I mean, hey, I don't really know how that's fucking possible. How he had such a bad year and they win the cup. But it's because their offense was just firing on all fucking cylinders. And I wish
0: the, our nine oh seven goalie would have won us a cup.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. Uh that ain't gonna happen. Not with the goalie that's gonna be starting on day one this year. Sorry, Brian Elliott, but you're not in my fucking top ten. Nope.
0: In he's fact, definitely top thirty-one, though.
1: Yeah. In fact, though, you can get the get the fuck out.
0: <laughs> what are you doing here?
1: <laughs> you get get the fuck out.
0: He's only got one more year, man. Carter Hart, he's coming.
1: Okay, so kind of like we were Kind of like I was just saying with with Rast though, don't really expect these numbers to stay. I don't. I think that this was a fluke year. I really do. Um, I think that maybe a little bit, a little part of it was kind of like what you were saying earlier with a little bit of the group idea. So group hour was right behind him, and he's Braden fucking Holtby, and there were people calling for Braden Holtby's head. Yeah. Saying we want we want like Grubauer to be our to be our everyday goalie and Braden Holtby can get the hell out and he's Braden fucking Holtby. What is wrong with you people? Like their fans were super fucking fickle. It is not going to happen again. He did regress last year, but the team in front of him is definitely going to cover up his mistakes just like they did last year. And without Grubauer behind him, now Phoenix Copley, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you, Phoenix Copley? Where did you come from? Why do you have such a stupid fucking name? Is to it just it me?
0: Sense, you're gonna love this. I think it's Phoenix Copley.
1: Fair enough. I'm usually pretty good at these names. The only no, thing I, mean, I... It's,
0: just, it's a name that shouldn't it doesn't sound the way it I mean it's pronounced Copley. Or it looks like Copley. It does
1: look it does look like Copley f- phonetically. We're really we're really <laughs> getting off tangent. We're really getting off tangent here. So To just move on from that, like I was saying with uh, the whole Phoenix Copley thing, Holtby is going to be relied upon a lot more this year. The days of the whole Grubauer Band-Aid, they're fucking over, people. They are fucking over. So expect him to shoot back up to his normal save percentage, go back down to his normal goals allowed. That's at least what I'm thinking. Now, could I be wrong? Of course I could. But he's still Braden Holtby. It's still the Washington Capitals. They are keeping that team together again. Don't know how they're doing it, but like they're going to start the t- the year off with another awesome fucking team. They are going to be firing on, on all cylinders, and I hope that the team is going to be just as hungry as they were last year, even though they just won the Cup, that they're going to want to come back and prove that they can do it again.
0: I think we're probably going to see closer to 65 games this year, pretty much bouncing right off of what you said about Phoenix Copley. Copley. <laughs> yeah, I, th-
1: I think you could definitely see another ten games at a Holtby. A hundred percent, uh, you could definitely see another ten games.
0: Yeah, you don't have the same crutch as you did last year. Let's see where I can start. You covered a lot of it.
1: Damn straight, so, I did.
0: I mean, he's still a number one goalie for your team, and 100%. He's, still in top, he's still in both our top fives. Uh, but he fell from his number one average draft position last year because of that—the fact that he had the worst season of his career. He was the number one goalie to go last year. And I can't see spending a first round pick on a guy that puts up a 907 with almost three goals allowed. The Capitals are good enough to win games no matter who the fuck you put in that. Me or you could be their goalies and they'd still be, you know, contenders for the president's trophy.
1: False. I suck at goalie if if you don't recall.
0: I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right.
1: But also you guys didn't fucking help this situation. Oh, we
0: didn't help. And those guys that were against us, they were the probably the best hockey players in the world. They were really fast. I couldn't catch them.
1: You didn't even try, TJ. There I was, there was literally like twenty breakaways. I just started tripping people for them not to score goals for me. That's what <laughs> I did to get them to stop scoring goals.
0: Going fucking I, Dominic Kasha, going them.
1: I, I fucking tripped them. But yeah, all right, okay, moving on.
0: I know some people use the first round pick, and he puts up these types of numbers. Um, with that being said, he's only got one other season in his seven career. Where he was below a 920. And this year, and one down year this year isn't going to turn me off of Braden Holpe, but you still have to count it against him. I think he is that 920 guy that we know and love, and that we're talking about him coming back and stuff like that. But again, goalies are hard to predict. You look at Carey Price, he was top three last year and just plain isn't this year, not even close. Um, Holpe is definitely going to bounce back. Washington is always an offensive powerhouse. And that can only mean good things for Holpe's record down the road. So, he could be seeing more games this year. He's going to be back to that 920 safe percentage type of guy. I got him at number five just because, I mean, I got reasons for everybody above him, at least.
1: The big difference, though, between Holtby and Carey Price, and I appreciate you making that reference, is the teams in front of them. Carey Price does not have the team in front of him like Braden Holtby does. He no. does not have the band aid of the fact that his team is going to score three fucking goals a game. He, he need, just doesn't.
0: You need Shea Weber back, in a big way. Yeah,
1: uh, it, he doesn't have the team in front of him, so Carey Price is is just nowhere even close to that conversation. Holtby is going to b- bounce back. Take it or leave it. That's the way it is. Okay, moving on to the Bob's.
0: Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, he's one of I the most. Missed, I miss out you there. Yeah, I do. miss. I, I
1: miss
0: mean, you. I was looking back at the stats. He he didn't really play well until he left. Yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah, JVR. But he's back. 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 So we'll see. Um, All right, last year's stats. He played 65 games, went 37, 22, and 6. He had five shutouts. Pretty much played exactly to his career averages. He had a 921 in relation to his 920 career and a 242 goals allowed in reference to his 244. He's one of the most consistent goalies out there. You can definitely count on him. Count on him for over 60 starts, really good save percentage, really good goals allowed. He's only one year removed from his Vagina Trophy, and Bob's is definitely somebody you can draft high and be confident about it. Not much more to say. Like It's not even worth thinking about. Bob's is a good goalie. You got the fucking Jones and Ransky right in front of him. The defense is pretty solid. I trust Columbus to win games. They're always kind of like competing for that President's Trophy. That's all the more reason that I trust Bobrovsky.
1: I agree with you. I, I like Bobrovsky, too. Like you said, he's only a year removed from that Vesna um, from that Vesna campaign, and Vagina. he backed it up with another solid year last year.
0: It's the Vagina Trophy.
1: Uh, the so only on big difference that I really see from those two years, well, not the only big difference, but like it really kind of jumps out at you, is the fact that a year ago he had a 41-17 and 17 record. This past year, he was a 37-22. That means something to me. On top of the fact that his save percentage and goals against average were the best of his career last year, he was only letting in 2.06 goals against last year compared yeah. to 2.42 this year. It's a big fucking difference. Now his save percentage wasn't too that too much different. Uh, he was a solid 9.31 last year, 9.21 this year. So, I mean, he's only a one difference as far as that goes. But really it all comes down to where is Columbus going to go? This year, that that's what it comes for me. So you and I, we both like their defense. They have Seth Jones. They have Zach Wierenski. I like the defense, at least the first pairing. They have Panarin for now. That first line really clicks, does well. But where are they going to go next? What happens if they lose Panarin? What happens if their penalty kill goes down the shitter? This last year, they were top ten. They were number nine this past year. With a, 70, uh, with a 76.2% for the penalty kill. If Seth Jones doesn't back up his year last year, then I don't know if I really see the same thing going well for Bobrovsky. So, I mean, that's the one thing I'm worried about for him.
0: I mean, I'll, I'll give it to you on that. He, two years ago, he was putting up, like, of a Crazy numbers. numbers. He was putting up Sileski crazy numbers. numbers. Yeah. Uh, Rene numbers. And, I mean, maybe that's something we can expect from those guys looking forward, just... Kind of like breaking the ice there a little bit. Maybe they they come back down to earth, too.
1: I don't trust the team around Bobrovsky as much as I trust other teams in front of other goalies.
0: Yeah, that's definitely fair to say.
1: Okay, there we go.
0: Number four, Frederick Anderson. He is 28 and will be 29 by the start of the season. He played 66 games, which is a fucking lot. He went 38-21-5. and He had five shutouts with a 9-18 and a 2.81. Those stats aren't too hot, but he plays a fuck ton of games. I mean, you're bound to get a bunch of wins because Toronto just got better this year.
1: Sees a ton of fucking shots too. Now, how many shots he saw last year?
0: <sighs> fuck, I'm just—I'm not even going to look. Um, I'm going to go with 1950 somewhere around there.
1: 2200. Jesus fuck. 2211. He stopped. No. 2029.
0: So, I mean, you're definitely going to get the saves out of the guy.
1: Holy shit. 2,200 I mean, fucking shots.
0: What are you going to do? You're going to put fucking Curtis McLaney in that? No. So, Frederick <laughs> Anderson, <laughs> Anderson's going to get like 60 to 60. I don't know. Even maybe 70. Probably not because they're, they're seeing now what, you know, wearing out your goalie can do to you. But I mean, for the same reasons, the whole P you have to look at one of the most intimidating offenses in front of you and a workhorse playing. He is, they, they do have one of the most intimidating offenses. Um, And he played pretty much career average, so this is what we can expect from Anderson going forward. Toronto is the biggest reason to be so bullish on Freddie. Uh, I expect them to be one of the better teams out of the East, and having their goalie is good for you. So do it. Easy number one goalie. He, I mean, he is a bit flaky here and there, but most goalies are. So if I can get Frederick Anderson, I'm going to be super stoked. If he's available, like round three or four, I'm going to be all over it. But I don't think he will be at that time. Uh, the case with these goalies is has so much to do with the team around him. And me and you both agree on that. And like we said, most of the hockey world are bullish on Toronto heading into the year. So it's going to be hard to get him where I want to get him in the third round.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about the Maple Leafs. Yep. I'm a big fan. Um, I do also like the fact that um, the Leafs were tied for number 10 on best penalty kill at 81.4% for the kill. Damn. Uh they were tied with the Rangers and Vegas. They were all it was just all a, a three-way tie at number 10. But the addition of John Tavares, uh you just you can't say enough about it. Like it's never going to be a bad thing.
0: And the chances are he's going to play on the penalty kill too. He's always been <clears throat> an all situations type guy, really good two-way player too. That's <clears> he <throat> that's going to be even better for their penalty kill stats.
1: The way I see it is Frederick Anderson may have been another one of those guys that were somewhat under the radar last year. Now I wouldn't say he was super under the radar, but he wasn't drafted particularly high. He was definitely drafted. He wasn't like a flurry. That's not going to happen anymore. The, the Maple Leafs are thrust into contention with this whole John Tavares thing, and eyes are on them in Canada between them and fucking Winnipeg, the country of Canada is looking at these two teams saying, all right, who's taking the mantle?
0: Yeah, bring and that it's, fucking company. And
1: it's, yeah. it's going to come down to either Gary Busey or Austin Matthews.
0: Or Conor McGregor.
1: Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so uh, there we, we agree to get it. No, I mean, I think we covered it really well. Uh, the the things that I love about Frederick Anderson are are how many shots he sees. The fact that he still keeps it up with the save percentage and the team in front of him. Fair enough. All they need, all they need to do now is go out and get themselves a fucking defenseman.
0: They don't have money. No more money. They
1: need to, they need to trade somebody and get a defenseman. Bye-bye Mitch Marner. You got to go.
0: Hello, Oliver Ekman Larson.
1: Oh my God. I fucking, ah, Jesus. I would just jack off in a corner. Uh,
0: who do you got in number two?
1: At number two,
0: I think we agree. Going, we
1: forward, agree. Yeah. We agree. Uh, so this is the first time where we actually agree on two and one. Usually, we're always flip flop, but this yeah. one, well, it was just super fucking obvious. So at number two, I got Connor Hellebuck. Goddamn Winnipeg, dude. <laughs> and and I like Connor Hellebuck, and I like some of the Winnipeg players, but there's uh, there's just really one particular player. So uh, real quick.
0: Real quick, I'm going to butt in here. Um, you remember our bet about the, the Jets and the, um, the, the Lightning. Lightning?
1: Yeah, who's going to make it farther?
0: So I just got my um, latest issue of the Hockey News, and that's who they predict going to the Stanley Cup. It's both those two teams. Wouldn't that, be,
1: I'm, I'm telling you, if, be dope. if they go to the Stanley Cup, we have to go to a game. They're, At least they're go both. to
0: a bar that's showing the game.
1: Fair enough. I, I'm sure I can work that out.
0: Yeah, I can afford that a lot better.
1: But I want to go to a fucking Stanley Cup game, dude. Oh, yeah. I I do want to do that sometime in my lifetime. Hopefully uh, for the Flyers. Okay, so moving on to Connor Hellebuck. Once again, just like a lot of these other goalies, I can only imagine that everybody got Hellebuck as a steal last year. I know I did. Again, those days are over. Hellebuck started 64 games last year with a 44-11 record. Wow. Wow. 44-11. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's like that Bobrovsky-Vezina winning trophy year.
1: Easily the best of his career. Then to top it off with an elite 924 save percentage and a 236 goal against average, which is good, which is decent, but also the team in front of him is just scoring fucking goals all over the place. Um, Look for Hellebuck to have another great year net mining for an offense on the up-and-up and and that has the ninth-rated PK in the league. He's going to go off the board in the first few rounds. It's it's just going to happen. Um, I would expect him to maybe even go off the board, probably in the second or third round. That's my guess. Yeah, uh, chances are I'm not going to have Hellebuck on my team last uh, this year like I did last year. I got lucky last year. I did. I drafted him low, and I got a really high return. But I'm not in the market for a goalie in round two or three. That's just me in a categories league i would consider it but i'm really shooting for the same guy that everybody else is and that's who we're going to have at number one what what do you think about connor halbach
0: all right i got the jets picked as my team for the west they're going to be the best team in the west next year they got a great <laughs> offense a great defense you got bufflin truba morrissey but all you have to know are the studs up front you got wheeler shifley line a ehlers other people that i can't think of right now um and the jets are in their window right now you got hellebuck showing how great he can be and i know it's his first season above 920 but he didn't have to fight for time he didn't have someone breathing down his neck and i think this is what we can expect i do kind of back myself into a corner a bit here by harping on these last candidates that it's hard to fall into like you just get infatuated with that uh with the inflated season that somebody had and then you just put them at number one, number two, something like that. That's exactly what I'm doing. But I, I think it's repeatable. I think Connor Hellebuck can do it. And I'm genuinely targeting him as a top few round guy, regardless of format. Um, when you have somebody of his stature or not even of his, I guess you, I can rephrase it when you say when you have somebody who goal tends for a team like the Jets, then you should be targeting him too. So number one, there should be no suspense left over. It is Andre Vasilevsky. What? Andre Vasilevsky. Who do you have? Peter Mrazek.
1: Dude, no, I thought we had Roberto Luongo at number
0: no. one. No, really no. We both, but we
1: both like Florida.
0: He had a really good end of the season.
1: Yeah, fuck you, Luongo. You need to go too. <laughs> okay, yeah, totally. Vasilevsky, number one. Like there is no fucking doubt about it. He is a hundred percent the number one goalie. He last year I had him at number two. He moved up one spot for me. So it's it's just, it's not out of, out of the blue by any means. He plays on Tampa Bay. Big time. He's a solid Vesna candidate. He was really kind of like the front runner this year. I thought he was going to take it throughout most of the year. So did you. But in front of him is one of the best teams in the whole fucking NHL. I'd like to see a better penalty kill, however. They're only converting... Uh, 76% of their penalty kills. I'd like to see that bumped up more uh, closer to 80 or even above because I want to see Tampa Bay in that top 10 Um, still at 65 games played last year and Louis Domingue backing you up um, or Louis Domingue, sorry, backing him up. Look for Vasilevsky to get the lion's share of the starts again with a similar percentage of last year uh, with 44 wins and 17 losses. Again, his averages were right on par with his career. He posted a 9.20 save percentage with a career average of 9.17. Goals against average, 2.62. Career, 2.61. Mind you, having eight shutouts, this all adds up to a great year. Yeah, that was a
0: league-leading tie, eight shutouts.
1: So so not only did he see the most shots of his career make the most saves of his career, he also had a career-best save percentage and a really solid goals against average uh, uh, for his career average. What does that tell me? If you're seeing more shots than you ever have before, and you're still killing it on save percentage, things are only looking up for you, brother. On top of the fact that you have a great fucking defense in front of you and a great fucking offense in front of you, they're going to cover up the few mistakes that you do actually make.
0: See, I got him pegged for 60 games this year, and it's because, all right, so... In the first three months of the year, up to December 31st, veselsky put up a 9.39 save percentage. In the next three months, plus the three games he played in April, he put up 9.03. So that's just like two different seasons right there. He had a really, really fucking bad March with an 8.83 save percentage in which he had five sub 900 showings and one sub 800 showing. And that was against the fucking Senators nonetheless. So... Maybe they're going to give him a little break um, as he started to peter off a little bit in the S end of the year. I mean, they're in win now mode. It's hard to pick your back up on any given night when you have somebody like Andre Vasilevsky at your fingertips. So I'm thinking somewhere in the range of 60 game played, you know, upside obviously for 65 with this year's 65 kind of being the ceiling. Uh, the wins are going to be over 40. That's no problem there. You got like the best offense in the league and, you know, a wildly above average defense, in front of you too so vasilevsky but, number one
1: but you also kind of saw that coming yourself tj yeah. uh so tj had vasilevsky last year uh he was lucky enough to get him i tried to get him but tj picked him first um or no you traded for vas didn't you I
0: think i did yeah
1: you traded for vas so the long the short of it is tj had vasilevsky Towards the end of the year, when it was clear and obvious that Tampa Bay was going to make the playoffs um, and going to do and was just kicking ass, doing well, TJ said himself, I want to move Vasilevsky. Because at the end of the year, they're going to start giving him time off. If Tampa Bay has the same, it, it's kind of like the whole of Guinea Malkin syndrome. If they know that they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to start resting their star goalie. Yeah, they don't. They don't want him to just get totally worn out, blow a fucking flat tire. You know what yeah. I mean? If you gotta, th- if you gotta throw out Louis Domingue out there a couple of times, that's what they're gonna do. So be aware of that, folks. Vasilevsky, a hundred percent, the number one goalie to take, no doubt about it. He is on one of the best teams. Had a great year last year. I don't think he's gonna slow down unless he gets hurt. If he does, and Domingue is taking all those starts. Oh, uh,
0: that let's not even talk about it, man. I'm,
1: I'm going to lose that bet if that happens. Okay. I'm going to act like I didn't say anything about that. You can even cut, you can even cut that out if you want to You totally (laughs) take it out of the episode.
0: I don't even want to hear those words ever again.
1: Um, honestly, I don't either because I like Vasilevsky. I like the lightning. Like I said, consensus number one, I don't think there's any doubt about it. So to finish off guys, Like we always say, tell us where we're wrong. Tell us where you would have had uh, Carey Price. Is Carey Price in your top ten? If he is, then you're a fucking idiot. But if you you want to tell us about why he is, then go feel free. Where did you have Jonathan Quick? Why don't we have Matt Murray in the top ten? Why don't we have Jake Allen or Martin Jones? You know what I mean? These are all players that are in our honorable mentions, but we didn't have in our top ten. If you think they should be, let us know why. Uh, Give us your top 10 and tell us uh, if you agree with us on number one or if uh, you have Vasilevsky somewhere else.
0: Yeah, I would love some outside input because maybe there's just something that I completely overlooked. Definitely want to hear that from you guys. That's it from us, guys. That is our top 10 goalie rankings of 2018. Like Zach was saying, man, hit us up on social media. Let us know what you guys were thinking. That is at FHF hockey on both Twitter and Instagram. Be sure if you have enough time that you get over to iTunes, leave us a review, and uh, maybe tell some friends about us. Till next time, guys. We love you.
1: Deuces. Love you.